Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Do you want me to make the noise? No. Oh, I won't make the noise. I thought you were going to trick me and make the noise. No, I wasn't. How are you? I'm fine. My lips keep doing a smacking thing. I hear it in my mic. That's, there's the noise. (laughs) There's the fucking noise. I told you. I knew I knew it would happen. Sorry. I'm back together. How is your milkshake? Good. Are we recording already? Yes. Hi. Oh my God. How do you not know that? I don't know. You saw me hit the button. Yeah, but that doesn't, I didn't know that meant record. You would think after 27 episodes, I would know how and when we're recording. I mean, one might think, but I don't think so. Okay. Somebody else might think that, but I know better. My milkshake today is a s'mores cream frappuccino. However, it is also heavily melted because it took me a half an hour to get here. Uh, but th- this time it, they didn't put coffee in it by accident, right? No, they did it right. They Thank did it right. goodness, because that was rough It was a time. slow day at Starbucks, so I, I got to uh, really lay down the law on what I wanted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Worked out. Speaking of laying down the law. Tell me everything. I want to know about this wine. Okay, so I met with a wonderful listener named Erin, and she's awesome. Um, she's a shit. And she brought, well, first of all, she brought Gio a little bow tie, a blue Aww. bow tie. She said it's a something blue for the wedding. Isn't <gasps> that cute? Yeah, that's so cute. And then she brought a bottle of wine, and it's called the Sheriff of Buena Vista, and it's this big old. There's literally a sheriff. Yeah. What badge. You, a badge? Like a real badge. Like, like a, a star. Like it's 3D off like, of the bottle. Like I can clink my ring against it. You can clink your ring off a lot of things. <laughs> We've learned that. I just use it as an example. Anyway, so thank you, Erin, for that. I'm really happy about that. It was really kind of you. Why do you drink? Oh, I drink because I'm suddenly my anxiety is rearing up again because I found out I was selected to be a semifinalist for the Nickelodeon Writers Program. Yeah! <laughs> Which, by the way, is my dream like, i'm so proud no christine's not going to give herself enough credit she got selected she's one of the 13 selected out of like 2500 or something like that well yeah so That's anyway it's so cool they called me yesterday and i thought i made it up. like i woke up this morning and i just assumed i made it up in my head at night it's real i found out uh and my next interview's on friday and then there's like speed rounds with nickelodeon executives and things like that so i'm like so like you're you're going to make it, maybe. I'm, like, pumped, but they only pick four out of the 13, so now I'm, like, anxious. Okay, so just under a third. Just under a third. You just have to be better than two-thirds of them. <laughs> Nine people. But the thing is, too, it's, it is, like, really reaffirming that they picked my script because it was, like, a blind read, so none of my information or bio or anything were attached to it. 
Um, so it is really reaffirming that, like, at least I'm... At least you're kind of funny. ...good at what I do. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, sure. Sitting on your couch cracking jokes. Yeah, so to all of you listening who don't think I'm funny, in your face. You know, it, let's just hope that they don't find out about the podcast before they pick you. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, because it definitely links to my Twitter, or, like, they oh, have no. my Twitter information. Oh, no. So, you so guys... you can kiss that goodbye, can't you? What you should do is you should tweet, Wow, X-Teen Chiefer is the funniest person ever. She's yes. such a great writer. And then I'll just keep retweeting it. Even if you're Team Milkshake this week, everyone uh, go whore out Christine for um, the sake of Nickelodeon. You're such a good friend. I do what I can. Anyway, so that's why I drink. I'm excited and nervous and terrified all at once. And this is like a dream come true. So I'm knock on wood hoping that it happens. Um, yeah, so why do you drink? I drink, well, I drink for a really good reason because today... It's raining. It's raining. And rain is my favorite weather, and I haven't seen rain in, I don't know, years at this point since we live in fucking L.A. But it's so nice. And I was sitting outside in my car. First of all, I walked around in the rain, which was way fun because I hadn't been in rain in a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I got in my car, and then, like, this huge crack of lightning happened (gasps) with, like, the thunder rolling in. And the sky was all gray and horrible, and I I loved it. I haven't seen thunder or lightning in a long time. It was so good. And then I saw the rain hitting the windshield on my car, and I hadn't seen rain hit anything. (laughs) Like, I hadn't heard rain in so long. I felt like... I, everyone who, I was way too grateful and appreciative of seeing rain. <laughs> everyone who's not who does not live in LA is like, fuck you guys. <laughs> rain is a fucking word. No, but rain's also like has always been my favorite weather. Yeah, I love. I ra- hate yeah. the sun. I really hate the sun. I love the sun and I like the rain, but I hate the in between like gloomy days with no none of either. I feel like if it's, if you're gonna be gloomy, you might as well go full doom. Totally, exactly. But I really don't like the sun, so of course I moved to the sunniest place on earth what's the matter with you you don't like the sun you vampire i really really like the rain so much to me it's like it means that you're allowed to be comfy and lazy all day that's true it's like oh it's raining i can't go do anything productive you time stay in your just, pjs mm-hmm, yeah time to just snuggle up and that's true with a milkshake and, and a good instead ghost. we're recording <laughs> welcome to my apartment on my really cozy ikea furniture so anyway, that's why I drink. Gotcha. Well, Just because it rains. We also have a mutual reason why we drink, don't we? Why? Uh, uh, an event that occurred on Saturday that will be remembered in oh, infamy. Of course. <laughs> yes, we definitely. Would you like to take it away? Let's start from the top. All right, let's start from the top. So I found out that M's mom was coming to town. Yes, cue Linda's arrival in Los <laughs> Angeles. And so we, apparently, she had bought tickets to, and M kept saying, you know, some game show. And I was like, ugh, because I, mm-hmm. I mean, not to be that person. No, but, but we hate game shows. We just hate, like, TV tapings at this point, because it's not like. Not to be L.A. douches, but we do work in the industry, regardless of how distant of the, ind- like, we're still in it. Regardless of how low on the totem pole we are. But we're still in it well enough to know what's going on behind the scenes and what it actually takes to make a show. Oh, yeah. And so the idea of being an audience member in a game show is just horrible. It's just a horrible thought. Yeah, it's not fun. And to see all the PAs just looking miserable on a Saturday morning standing in the 100 degree weather, I was like, this is depressing. Well, I used to be that shitty PA. I used to to work at and we happened to still be on the same lot that, (laughs) that I used to work on. And so I saw all the same people running around. I was like, oh, they're still so sad. Like, it's never it just yeah. but my my mom and Tom had a they had a great time, but oh, they yeah. were so excited. But part of me the entire time just felt 
I just felt so bad for every single person working that horrible job. So Emma's a great child, and she's like, yeah, I'll go. And so I went, too, and I didn't realize until the night before that I was supposed to wear a costume because the show was called Let's Make a Deal. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. yeah, my mom had told me ahead of time. If anyone follows me on Twitter, they knew exactly what, what's been going <laughs> on. But my mom wanted to... Uh, make a costume because one of the big things on that shows people wear costumes to try and get picked. It's the one with Wayne Brady, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew it. And so my mom texted me a ridiculous request about a week ahead of time, and she was like, <laughs> "I want to be a bucket." And I was like, "Why on earth?" And I guess she wanted to be a bucket list, where she was a bucket and had a list coming out of her that said she wants to like be on the show and and meet Wayne Brady, and- right? And so in my mind, I was like, "Look, I get that I make props." Like, at, the, at my job, mm-hmm. but it's also my job there to do it. Like, I don't want to come home and now have to make more props for you. Sure. That are just going to get chucked in the garbage after the fact. And she treated it like any of my clients at work do, where they just ask ridiculous requests on ridiculous time constraints. And she's like, all right, well, I just need it. So that's how it's going to be. And I was like, oh, I feel like a PA all over again. My favorite text that you, screenshot that you sent me was, uh, she was like, uh, can you actually also put a picture of Wayne Brady and a heart on it as well? Like the day before <laughs> was, she arrived. That was the day she was arriving. Oh, the day she arrived. Where I was like, okay, I made you your bucket. And she's like, mm, actually, can we do this too? And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. I and just made you a whole bucket costume. And then she's like, Emma's was like, are you fucking kidding me? Okay, mom. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, and yeah. then your mom said, she was like, do you want me and Tom to come over and help you make it? And I was like, I only made a humanoid bucket for you. The last thing I need is for you to come over and slap a heart on it and call it your job, <laughs> call it your project. Yeah, you're like, yeah, please come over and draw a heart on it yeah, to finish the what deal. What a contribution. We'll, we'll all feel equal after <laughs> that. Is that. She's like, oh, do you want us to come help? And you're yeah. like, wait, are you kidding me? I already made this entire fucking bucket costume. I was like, and now you're going to ask for my help. But the bucket was bad fucking ass. Go on Instagram or go on our Twitter. The bucket is amazing. Like, Thank it, you. It's truly, and it has a handle. Like, it looks very realistic for a humanoid it's a, bucket. It's a proportionally si- human-sized bucket. And so Linda walked around all day in this giant foam bucket <laughs> with Wayne Brady's <laughs> oh, face. No. We should also add that my mother had requests for how the bucket should fit on her. Oh, sure. And she was like, not only will it have to be a bucket, but my arms have to be able to feel comfortable. Sure. My shoulders have to feel comfortable. I'm going to need straps because I don't want to hold it. And I'm also going to need to be able to dance, stand, and sit in it. So it can't be a metal bucket because it won't bend. Mm -hmm. And I also need it a certain length so when I sit, it's not now covering Mm -hmm. my view. She had all of these things. And I was like, it should also look good with her red shirt, you Mm -hmm. know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... That's chapter one of this saga, isn't it? Chapter one. How much are we allowed to tell of this? Oh, we're allowed to tell everything except the results. Okay, of got the it, show. got it, got it. So we're there and we're interviewing and uh, Linda's. No, no, no. You missed a whole big chunk. Oh, tell me more. I don't. Oh God, <laughs> I think I blacked out that part. That was traumatic. So let's let's go even. You tell this part. I'm getting wine. Oh, okay. Tell this part. Okay, so. After I made this bucket, which took me all of my break and lunch at work, by the way. I didn't get to eat that day. My mom has not said thank you, by the way. Uh, she, I, So I made her the bucket, brought it home. Um, I had some last-minute things I had to do with it. And before we even went to the game show the next day, Christine and I went to dinner with my mom and Tom. Mm-hmm. And Linda and I shared a glass of wine, and it was everything that a I ever wanted. or a pool. <laughs> you guys... It got to a point where Christine and my mother were both like, did I even order this? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. They, or- they brought it to my table, and I'm like, I didn't order this. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, okay, sarah, sarah, keep telling the story. <laughs> Fast forward. So the point I want to get across about that dinner is that 
fireworks were just going between the two of them. I might as well have not been there. Naturally. They got along just as wonderfully as I thought they would. <laughs> and Tom and I, my mom's boyfriend, we were like, do we even need to be here? This, it's, they've already made it. So then we're going to the game show the next day. Christine finds out at that dinner that people wear costumes to the, <laughs> this show. So Christine's like, Em, why didn't you tell me that we had to wear costumes? And I was like, well, I didn't want to wear a costume. So if I didn't tell you, then you wouldn't wear one too. So, uh, yeah. so I wouldn't Very be alone. clever, my friend. And uh, so Christine, at last minute, creates a, a <laughs> wonderful costume. After drinking my pool of wine, by the way. Right. So kudos to me. What would, would you like to describe your... Yeah, so I made this costume. Um, it's one that I actually wore in college because I'm a nerd. Uh, it's a Freudian slip in which I wear a, like a slip. It wasn't really a slip. It was sort of like a purple dress thing situation. But I wear a slip and then I glue, or I taped... Um, words to it like uh id ego super ego oedipal complex whatever and so i was a freudian slip ha 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 i'm gonna consider that an homage to my psychology degree that i just it was used. yes thank you you're welcome so christine looked wonderful in her <laughs> was so wonderful in her taped taped up paper dress i had like postage tape in my purse that i kept like retaping and then like oh yeah and then we had also told her that at this show one of the things they do at the end of the show <laughs> is they play this game where they tell you they like wayne brady will come up to you and say what's in your bag and he'll pick out some ridiculous item and if you happen to have it in your bag he'll give you 100 bucks mm -hmm. and so christine was like oh well, we have to go home and like get some stuff ready let's just find a bunch of crap and put it in my purse and maybe he'll ask for it oh man i put a baby watch in there it's a watch <laughs> with little baby actually that was already in my purse but it's a watch with little baby faces and they're all crying they're it's all crying instead of like the numbers on a clock on the face mm -hmm. of a clock it's just different baby faces crying yep i got it when i was five and it's still in my purse i don't know why uh my friend renee calls it the pedophile watch <laughs> i also uh put in some seashells oh i put in my l ron hubbard playing cards yeah um you know just like an assortment of household items like that and so uh the next day we go to uh my mom picks me up my mom and tom both pick me up to go to the show um and then we pick Christine up, mm -hmm. and as we're parked outside... 7.30 in the morning, by the way. <laughs> Just FYI. Uh, Christina texted me three minutes earlier saying coffee is still brewing. So mm -hmm. she was a little bit in a rush. Frazzled. And, my and naked. Half naked. <laughs> my mom is looking on her phone to get the tickets up so she can find the address of where we're going. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's the 28th, right? And I go, no, it's the 29th. And my mom was like, what are you talking about? And I was like... Oh, well, it's not the 28th. And we found out that my mom got tickets yesterday. Oh, my And God. so as my mom's having a mild panic attack about the fact that we are all dressed up with nowhere to go. Yes. I could see poor Christine coming out of her apartment <laughs> at 730 in this little negligee slip. <laughs> She's got like all these random psychology terms like duct taped onto her. <laughs> And my poor mom, I'm like, mom, she's about to come out here looking like she's wearing no clothes <laughs> because she thinks we're going on television. <laughs> so Christine shows up and she opens the car door to get in. I was like, hey, are you hungry? Do you want to go get breakfast? Because we can't actually go to the show. So we're all just dressed up with nothing to do. Meanwhile, we get breakfast and my mom decides that she's going to go on this frenzy mm -hmm. to frenzy. get us tickets she's determined to get us tickets so she's buying us tickets for like what three to five oh, different yeah. shows she's signing up for every show with different email addresses to <laughs> try and get us tickets and uh she ended up getting us a show for later that day yeah which takes us to 
To the actual event. To the actual event. So it was the same show. Still, let's not, or let's. Let's make a deal. It just was a different time right, that right. day. So we got breakfast. I was sitting in a Denny's in my like half naked outfit. You uh, look like what you should have looked like at midnight in Denny's. Right. I looked like a morning after. Yeah. In a Denny's. Except with your parents. Except with like a grown <laughs> family. Yeah. And so we go to this uh, taping and it's like a six hour affair or like five hour affair. I don't One know. of the reasons why we did not want to go because we precisely. knew how long this was going to take. Precisely. So they like herd you around like cattle, you know, shuttle you here or there. I mean, it was fun because everyone's in costume and it's like really lighthearted. And so and of course, Linda's there. So she kind of in her like, big bucket in her bucket. She just, and OK, let me say, because I worked at a network where mm-hmm. this exact situation happens, where there's a game show and there's casting for all that. Ba- like, I, I also keep in mind, this wasn't the actual show I was on, so I was like, if it's anything like the other shows, this sure. is how it might go. So my mom uh, took all of it to heart and in a very aggressive way where she thought that it was like a CIA operation. Oh my God. She thought every single person was watching her at every move, which is not what I told her, by the way. I know. (laughs) Nobody told her that. I told her a very specific set of things that she totally blew out of proportion. And she was like, there must be cameras on me at every, at every turn. And I'm going to be as on as possible. Chipper, loud, laughing. So we were in the parking lot before we even met anyone and like the people that were helping us park our car, she was like, Wah! I'm going on the show! Like she's, she's like, I love... And then she looks at us and goes, what's the host's name again? <laughs> yeah! Yeah, Wayne Brady! I love him! And uh, we can't say what happened. All I'm gonna say is go watch the episode. Yep. And it will air... I think we were told December 8th. December 8th. I know it's a long way away and we're struggling through it. I'm just saying it would be worth your time to go see this episode. You can do what you want with that information. That's all we have to say. Maybe the bucket helped her. Maybe my advice helped her. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't. Who knows? Maybe you'll have to watch. Who's to say? Maybe you, you have to watch. Maybe you should watch the show. Or maybe not, but maybe you should. I'm just saying, I'm just saying watch it. Just watch it. Just do it. <laughs> God, like, get over yourself and do it. All I'm going to say is that Christine and I in the audience were surprised by everything that happened. Yes, we were in a state. We were in a state. An excited state. And no matter what did or did not happen, we agreed to each other that we would never let my mother live it down. And I will also say uh, that I'm going back on Thursday, as much as this sounds like the Without last... Without me, by the way. Thank God. You're happy about that. She, Christine and my mom got along so well that they're going back to Let's Make a Deal without me because I'm going to work. Yeah, she's like, I, I was like, I have work. And we're like, you don't need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going because now I have the intent to meet Wayne Brady in person. It's my new intent. I'm going to wear my like weird leopard onesie because it's a lot more comfortable than that stupid slip. Maybe when we record again, you will have a car. I mean, let's only fucking hope we can have a company car, <laughs> a company like Fiat or something. You know, it's funny without you even having said that my mom without you in the car at some point this week was like, you know, if you had a car, what if you just like painted your logo all over it? And I was like, like a company car. She's like, yeah, well, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think it'd be a good idea. And it's now a you're, great idea. And now you're saying it. You're my fucking mom. I know. Wahaha. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's the whole story. Oh, um, actually, it? before I forget, uh, so I'm going on the show Thursday. Can you make me like a human-sized bucket? Are you kidding me? Because it's like I need a human-sized bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can borrow the one I already made. How about that? For, for all anything you want. Fine. Fine. 
I can make you something if you want. No, I'm all set. Thank you, though. I'll, okay. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna wear my onesie because it's just comfy and covers my entire body. And I don't. The next morning, I was sore, and I'm like, "Why am I so sore?" And you dance so much, and you're sweating nonstop. Nope, it's because oh. I was sucking my stomach in the whole day because <laughs> I was in this skin tight lycra dress situation. <laughs> Not even. It was like polyester shit. And I was sucking my stomach in because it was so tight. And I was like on camera. And then the next morning, I'm like, why do my abs hurt? <laughs> That's so pathetic. that you've that... been pressing into your ribs <laughs> all day. <laughs> anyway. And that's why we drink. And that's why we drink. Uh, so thanks for listening to that rant. Well, this is my first international story. <gasps> really? The first one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Right, well, I guess. Well, no. You did Jonestown. I was going to say, well, Guiana. And I was like, oh, that wasn't me. Guiana was not you, no. <laughs> okay, so this one is, I tried to find one in Canada, but everyone's so fucking nice in Canada that no one, there's a lot of murders in Canada, though. Well, sorry. I guess no ghosts stick around in Canada. All right, all right. So I chose my next favorite place, and it's Australia. Hey! Hey, down under. You know under. how they feel about our accents. They don't like them. We don't We actually it. don't have Australian listeners anymore, I'm sure. They're all gone. So this... I think this is in Australia. Oh, God, um, now they're really going to be gone. <laughs> New South Wales. That's Australia, right? It is in Australia. Yes. For okay. a second, I thought it was in England. No. No, you're thinking Wales. No, I, which I, is I also know Wales is, but I thought also... Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. So this is in a town called Juni. Juni? Spell it. J. It's June, like the month with an extra E. Oh, I would say Juni. Okay. Juni. Juni. Oh, oh no. Oh, stop. Sorry. Junie. I can't help myself. June, June, June. That sounds like Forrest Gump. June. June. Oh, Jesus Christ. Please. I'm so sorry for everyone with yours. Okay. <laughs> Junie, New South Wales. Okay. And it is called the Monte Cristo Homestead. Ooh. It's supposedly one of the most haunted places in Australia. Nice. All right. So it starts with 1884. And this is the Crawley family. Okay. They sound creepy. Creepy Crawley? Crawley family. Uh, so Christopher and Elizabeth Crawley uh, built their house in 1884, and they had seven children who survived to adulthood. That has nothing to do with the story. I'm just amazed that they had seven children. More than that, and seven of them lived. Good for them. How many did they birth? I didn't even want to know, but oh. I'm going to guess 40. <laughs> Just to make That's the story interesting. probably right. I think so, too. I think you're correct. So while the Crawleys lived there in this house, this is like super fast history, too. Sure. Um, so while the Crawleys lived there, they had some tragedies. For example, like one of... 33 of their children died? Well, not... Th I only have a story about one of them. Okay. So one of their 33 babies was thrown <laughs> down the stairs... <laughs> Sorry, I forgot for a second. <laughs> Somehow that hit, like... <laughs> I just watched wine almost <laughs> just fall out of your face. <sighs> okay, one of the 33 children. <laughs> okay, one of the babies was thrown down the stairs <gasps> by a nanny. Oh, my God. But the nanny says that... Um, so some people say that the nanny threw her. Okay. Some people say that the nanny dropped her, and she just happened to go clunk, clunk, clunk down the stairs. Oh, <laughs> that was... Oh, <laughs> it just happened. I didn't mean that. Okay, so the other, the third story, which is the one that the nanny goes by, is that something pushed the baby out of her arms oh. that wasn't there. Oh, my God. Um, which is terrifying on its own. Yes. Either way, it's fucking awful. Yeah. It just has a twist. 
Another another tragedy that happened there was one of their maids um, committed suicide by jumping off the balcony. <gasps> Again, a second version of that is that someone pushed her off the balcony. Oh, and she didn't no. actually want to commit suicide. But they think that she committed suicide because she was pregnant by Mr. Crawley. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. And I'm guessing he either said, get rid of the baby or I don't want the baby. What or... if he pushed her off the balcony? <gasps> Oh, your true crime is coming in. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just assume everyone's trying to murder everyone else. Right. I, yeah. I assume everyone's a ghost. Yeah. And naturally. So. Um, and then the third thing that happened while the Crawleys lived there, a stable boy burnt to death <gasps> on his straw bed. Oh, my God. As a punishment for being lazy. Wait, what do you mean? Like someone set him on fire? Like he was the stable boy and I guess he wasn't doing his job efficient enough uh-huh. and got set on fire. Wait, by who? The theory is Mrs. Crawley. She was known to be a real bitch. Oh, maybe she pushed the other girl off the balcony. <gasps> oh, yeah. Maybe she found out that mm. that girl was carrying her husband's baby. Oh, snap. Oh, uh, we cracked the code. I mean, listen, this is why law enforcement needs to pay us a lot of money. You were a, a private and investigator. I was. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so wait. So she set him on fire for being lazy? So here's two different stories. Neither of them make any sense. Great. Um, the That Mrs. Crawley set the stable that he was on on fire while he was napping mm-hmm. as a punishment for him not doing his job well enough. Sure. I don't know why you couldn't just fire him. <laughs> the um, other story is that he was walking around in the morning, got really tired, and then felt sick, and so he fell asleep. I think it's actually a combination of the stories because that version is he got really sick and so sick that he just fell asleep and was out cold, and then the stable caught on fire by itself, and he never woke up to get out in time. I think Mrs. Crawley set it on fire and he happened to be sick and didn't wake up in time. I think it's a combination of both. So you think she set it on fire intentionally? Yes. Because he was late, quote unquote. I don't think it was fair. No, I just think it happened. Okay. So you think it was like intentional? Yes. Okay. She was known to, quote, rule the house and servants with an iron fist. Oh, that's not good. And she wore a black lace dress with a lace cap, a cape with a stand up beaded collar. You know how like jerks did back then oh yeah what a bully she just sounds like someone who would set a house on fire she sounds like a mean girl of the 1880s she just sounds like a crazy ex-girlfriend yes you know like oh you're lazy yep so mr crawley died in 1910 probably from his wife actually the uh did they have autopsies then i'm sure they did i think so yeah 1910 seems like a good autopsy year um they he died from heart failure from a carbuncle excuse me Exactly what I thought until Google image taught me that that was an open, it was like an open wart or boil, like oh. a really gross ingrown. Like a cyst or something? Yes. Like, it's like a cyst. It's called a what a what? A carbuncle. It sounds like the name of like a. Carbs and uncles. Two yeah. weird things. Sounds like a really elderly cranky man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like Mr. Carbuncle. Yes. So he died from heart failure from a carbuncle on his neck because it got infected by uh. one of his collars. Which caused staff. Was it a studded collar like his wife? <laughs> his cape? No, but his were starched. I don't know if the starch in the collar infected the carbuncle, which led to staff, which led to heart failure. But apparently in 1910, all of that happened. Youch, dude. In the bedroom where he died, there are still a couple of his collars for Ew. you to look at to see what kind of shit was rubbing what up on his neck. What do you mean neck. collars? Like, just a shirt collar? Yeah, like back then the collar wasn't attached to your shirt, was it? 
<laughs> like you look at me like I know. <laughs> let's ask let's ask hey. people in Norway again. Hey, what, Lisa G. <laughs> what's going on with collars in hey. 1910 America? Hey Lisa, we need to know about the sleep. Oh, by America I mean Australia. The sleepwear in Australia in 1910. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um oh and fun fact, this is now a bed and breakfast. That's why people know about the collars. They're not just like floating around. Oh, it's currently a bed and breakfast. Currently a bed and breakfast. So like you can go into the room like the Whaley House, you can like look into the rooms and see stuff of theirs and people stay there oh yeah oh my so um after he died elizabeth made the attic a chapel so she could have bible study at any hour of the day sure this is kind of interesting about her she after he died in 1910 she did not die until 1933 so 23 years Uh in 23 years she only left the house again twice (gasps) what and i don't know what those events were but i'm hoping they were real ragers Oh, my God. So she just locked herself away. Oh, my God. When she died, the house remained in the family until 1948, and it was taken over by a group of caretakers. One of the caretakers named Jack was the next person to die on the property because he was, this was 1961. Mm -hmm. He got shot in the head (gasps) by a boy who had just seen Psycho. Shut up. Yeah. What? So. I'm sorry, what? Like, on purpose? The kid was like. Like, he, like, was influenced by seeing this guy just murder his mom how old was this kid he's a teenager oh my god and then he found a gun and shot the caretaker what the fuck just because uh and then a mentally ill man named harold oh his father was a caretaker on the property during this time okay and his father the caretaker was not a good guy and because his son harold and it was the 60s um was mentally ill He had Harold chained up in his outhouse for (gasps) over 40 years. Em, you're kidding. When they found Harold, he was curled up next (gasps) to the body of his dead mother, like baby spooning for warmth. Wait, in the outhouse? In the outhouse. Why was his mother there? Just the dead mother was there with him. In the outhouse? In the outhouse. So someone put the mother in there? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, they also put him in there 40 years ago. Oh, wait, so she was locked up in there, too? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant she died, and then he, like, put the body in there. No, oh. no, no. Oh, so she was they were locked both... in there with her son? Yeah. For God's sake. And then when they found him, and that's what they saw, they then brought him to a mental institution where he died, like, right away. Poor baby. So, um... Fuck. The house fell into disrepair after that, and in 1963, I guess the caretakers weren't doing well for those two years, and... The Ryans, which is the family that lives there now, mm-hmm. moved in. And that was in 1963. So they've lived there for over 50 years. Right. And um, Mrs. Ryan, uh, the wife and the family, says that she knew it was haunted since the day they moved in. Because as they were approaching the house, it uh, the quote is, Mrs. Ryan claims the entire house was lit up as if glowing from the inside. But once she reached the threshold, every light had burnt out. And then when she went to go complain about it and said, like, hey, the house is all lit. Every single light is on. Um, the real estate people were like, well, there's no electricity in there. So uh, how could there be the fuck? any light? And then as she was walking closer, the lights were going out. What the fuck? So she was like, hey, that's fishy. So then after 50 years of being there, they still say that they feel the presence of the crawlies and other spirits like the baby and <gasps> the maid and... Uh, 
Mrs. Ryan said, it's just something that we accept. It's a little spooky some days, but other days it's just fine. My sisters have seen spirits here and they don't want much to do with the house. And I'm like, hmm, I don't really blame them. (laughs) Really? You don't say. That's nice. She's also said that she's felt hands on her shoulders and she's heard her name called when no one was there. She's heard footsteps on the balcony and when you go out, there's no one there. Her son, Lawrence, who now lives there with his wife, which, why? Why? Go away. He grew up there. And said, it always felt like someone was watching me. Lawrence, leave. Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence, you had a chance. And also, Lawrence's wife, why did you marry him? No, get out. If I married someone, they were like, I live in the most haunted house in Australia. I would not be like, hmm, let's, let's go live there, let's too. Let's live there with your mother. So the Ryan family, their kids would always complain about a farmer peering into their bedroom oh window my God. And their bedroom was on the second floor. Oh, my God. And they would always hear a farmer tapping on the window and peering in, Mm-mm. like, hands cupping into the window and Fuck everything. Fuck that. The, uh, both of their pets in the beginning when they moved, they had a dog and a cat, both of them would hiss and snarl at the house during moving day. And when the family tried to bring them into the home, they both ran away from the property and never came back. <laughs> um, it was three years before any pet would actually be willing to stay on the property because every single one of them would flip out. And the only animals that have ever chosen to stay on the property have never gone within 10 feet of the actual building. They're just outdoor animals. Oh, And they refuse to go inside. That's not a good sign at all. Um, Also, they had a lot of chickens, and the caged chickens were all found strangled and (gasps) mutilated in their secured pens. What the fuck? And there were no foxholes or anything. They just killed over one day. They were strangled? Were they, like, eaten or just, like... Just strangled. And, like, they're... (sighs) Body parts would be ripped off, but no, like just lying oh, next to them. Oh, the fuck! The family parrot, who was an indoor pet, was also found choked to death in this cage. Oh my god! Wait, who hates birds? Some I mean, I hate. I birds, mean, I but, fucking hate birds. Yeah, but nope, just found him with his neck broken. Ugh. Um, other pets died in strange circumstances as well, mainly from strangulation and or mutilation and or petrified heart attacks where they good they're just frozen solid with their eyes open when you <gasps> see them that's scary like they just keeled over in fright and fell and just died so Look. in 1990 lawrence uh experienced the bright light thing in the house mm-hmm. he experienced it for himself now because when they moved in he was a little kid right and then he came back to the house after a year of college and the whole place lit up and when he walked around to see if there was anyone in the house playing a joke on him, everyone was actually out of town. Good. They were actually all at a ball. And in 1990, what balls are happening in 1990? They were at a ball? A ball. Australia, do you have balls still? Like, galas? Isn't I mean, that the new word? We have galas or galas or whatever they're called. I still have never been to a... I think, like, Cinderella balls. Right, like, in a ballroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you're all dancing. Mm-hmm. So, Lawrence's wife, the crazy one, who has also chosen to move into this house, actually is very spiritual herself. Oh, good. And so I think she just saw it as a fun challenge, because she um, finds herself, she thinks of herself as a medium of some sort. And I like how you say it's so salty. She thinks of herself as a medium? Well, because, wait, so wait. She has minimal proof, but after her own private discussions with the spirits there, she realized that she was actually one of the maids in a past life. Exactly. Like, okay, are you just trying to get in on the attention, or do you... Like, I don't know what to believe. Like, I want to believe because I believe in everything. I know. But it's like, that's way too... I shouldn't judge, because I do say crazy or shit. I mean, we're lunatics about we're this lunatics, stuff. We're lunatics, But yeah. for me to be a lunatic about this stuff and still not believe her, 
makes me think like this is all too coincidental. It's a very convenient story. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, exactly. And if any of you know her or the family, I'm sorry if we're insulting anybody. I really don't want to, but yeah, exactly. It's, it's just a little fishy. She also says she can communicate with the spirits, which uh, are apparently releasing different energies in different rooms. Okay. Um, she also said one time she saw a flickering candle that was surrounded by all still ones. So, like, if there was if there was a gust of wind, all of them would have moved, but only one of them moved. Okay. And so she's saying that that was a spirit passing through the room. And it's like, I feel like you th- think you're an expert, but you're not. I just think... I'm not trying to be a skeptic to my own story. But I don't, here we are. I'm not even saying that, like, she thinks she's an expert, but it's like, wait... So uh, one candle is flickering and the rest are not. So you're like, well, that means there's a ghost. Like, why? It says who? I feel like if you're really a medium, wouldn't you be able to get more out of a story? Anyway, I'm just, I mean, I'm just being bitchy. So. But then, you know, she said, oh, yeah, I, I do. I can, I am a medium and I'm getting I all their stories all their and I know and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we'd also be fished out or like, you know, fishy about it. So Agreed. who knows? So anyway, now the house is a bed and breakfast and it offers tours to groups and visitors have experienced unforeseen, um, like they've seen, well, basically the main thing that they've seen is they've seen a lot of forces like pushing them out of the house. Like they've felt hands pushing them towards doors to get out of the house. Um, they've also seen a bearded man in a brown suit, follow them around and they thought, Oh, it must be another visitor to the bed and breakfast. But then they'll see a picture of Christopher Crawley on the wall and it's him. Um, So guests have also complained about strange lights, disembodied sounds, a weeping woman in the bathroom, and unexplained additional animal mutilations around (gasps) the property, even to this day. That kind of thing creeps me out so much. Like, birds will just be, like, on the ground, and it's really creepy. That's really fucked up. If you're sleeping there, sheets will be pulled, Mm -mm. beds will be pushed while you're sleeping in them. Mm -mm. One visitor even woke up and felt a gust of air on his feet, and then... It woke him up to look over and see that his wife was making this weird noise. No. Um, as if she was having a nightmare. So he woke her up and she said that she felt a giant weight on her body and couldn't get up. And she felt like someone was sitting on her chest and she was trying to wake up her husband. And her husband was like, what are you talking about? I'm awake. I'm waking you up right now. But she it was like sleep paralysis, essentially. And she was trying to move him and like shake him to wake him up. Oh, my God. And she couldn't do it until he woke her up. And then she said that she felt a a human body sitting on her and she couldn't get up. That's terrifying. So they complained to Mrs. Ryan the next day and her response was, the dead maids like to play sometimes. Oh no, (laughs) that's not funny. They like to sit on your chest. And tickle your feet with wind. That creeps me out. No. Um, Photos, there's also been a lot lot of photos that have suggested that there were... Um, spirits there including figures lurking over babies cribs and mm. strollers Mm-mm-mm-mm. why do you take your baby there stupid <laughs> um and hands that don't belong to anyone in the picture that just random hands will show up in the photographs in the photos oh no um there's also been a little girl named molly that's on the property apparently and sh- they think it's like the little girl that would have she would have grown into the little girl but it was the baby that, got- <gasps> that fell down the stairs and so they say, oh, that's Molly. But it's like a five-year-old girl that runs around. And Wow. Uh, people have also seen uh, a boy in the stables crying for help. As oh, if he were the boy so that sad. burnt down. Um, and then people have seen apparitions of a maid in the mirror who screams at them when Mm-mm. they're by themselves. Mm-mm. And some insist that they've been touched by 
um, ghosts during the tour, but there's like a lot of skeptics that like, there's one, um, there's one theory of infrasound. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Where, so when sounds have such a low frequency that the human ear can't hear it, even though you can't hear it, you can still sense the sound. Like it's right. almost like a humming drone on you your body. have like a physical reaction. Right. So it's kind of like, you know how there's not just white noise, there's like brown noise and pink noise mm-hmm. and they all actually like psychologically kind of fuck with you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So infrasound is one of the theories for why we think we feel something grab us. It could just be that you're in a place with a sound with such a low frequency level that you can't actually pick up on it without the sense of touch. That's one of the theories for the Dialov Pass incident. Oh, really? Do you know about that? No. Okay, I'm going to do it in a future episode, so don't Google it. But that's one of the theories. Um, So anyway, mediums have also visited the house, and they've sensed an infant near the stairwell, and they've sensed a... Uh, someone who died of neglect and starvation outside on the property, and they've only sensed it where the cottage used to be. So they think it might be Harold, the mentally ill patient. Um, You can also hear a piano playing upstairs, but there's no piano in the house and hasn't been for decades. And visitors will be in the house for even just like a brief moment and will get severe migraines, mood mood, I was going to say swings and shifts. Mood Uh, mood swings. (laughs) Mood swings. And, uh, or they just generally hate the house. They'll just walk in and be like, I don't want to be here. Right. Even if they are the ones who really wanted to show up, all of a sudden their whole mood will change and they right. want to go home. Right. Um, so there's a movie coming out. Actually, I think the movie's already out, but in Australia they filmed a movie called Muir House. Okay. And it's based on the events that happen in the house. It's a, oh, it's a scary, like scary a, movie. a thriller or mm-hmm. something? Okay. And while they were filmed, this is the last note I have, but I thought it was fitting for both of us. Um, during the making of that movie, one of the poor PAs <laughs> was upstairs turning off all the lights after they had filmed that day. And he walked into a room and saw Mr. Crawley standing nope. at the doorway, nope. staring at him and pointing out the doors as to say, get out. Nope. And so he was like, fuck. And so he ran and he never came back. He like, he quit crew that Good. day. He, he's like, this is not worth $10 a day. It, this is not worth free. Yeah. This free is not work. worth no money. My volunteer efforts. So, and sweat. Anyway, that's that. And that's why we drink. And that's why Australia drinks. Yeah, that's why Australia drinks, I bet. Guys, baby Gio's sitting right next to me, and I'm petting him, and he's so sweet. Hi, but the baby, baby, baby. Bitty, bitty, baby, so good. The baby GB. My baby, baby, baby. Hi. Tell me all about death. Okay, sure thing. Intermission. 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 We're sorry. Oh. We. I tried. I tried to get Christine away from the alcohol, but she drank it. I'm sorry. Em's making noises with her milkshake. That's why we have to re-record. So, <laughs> shut up. Okay, my peeps. My peeps and hoes. That is a derogatory term. Boats and hoes. So here I go. All right. Watch me go. Watch me fly. Hate to see you leave. Love to watch you go. Yeah, you do. (laughs) So this is a um, story suggested by Casey. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. It is the murder of Skylar Niece. Nope. So Skylar was a 4.0 student from Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, She was 16 years old and a sophomore in high school, and she worked at a local Wendy's part-time. On the morning of July 7, 2012, uh, Skylar's father went into her room and noticed his daughter had snuck out the night before. Hmm. Uh, 
From an ABC News article, his quote was, Then I knew she snuck out last night. He saw the window open is how he knew. And then, oh my God, she snuck out last night and she's not home. So it was the feeling of like, oh shit, my daughter snuck out. And then, but where is she? Where is she? Uh, He knows she hadn't taken her cell phone charger and the window had been left open. So he assumed she had intended to come home. So she missed work that day for the first time ever. Uh, So her parents called 911 to report her missing. And that's when the investigation began. Uh, Later that day, Skylar's best friend, Sheila Eddy, called her parents to tell them what had happened the night before. She said she and their other best friend, Rachel Schof, had convinced Skylar to sneak out so they could drive around and get high together. They said when they dropped her off at home later that night, they dropped her off at the end of the road instead of directly in in front of the house because they didn't want to wake up her parents. Uh, So the apartment complex had a surveillance camera and it showed Skylar getting into a car at around 1235 a.m., and on July 9th, Skylar's disappearance became public. And the main theory that investigators believed was that Skylar went to a house party and overdosed. And that oh, no. Sheila and Rachel were too scared to admit to it. So they hid her body. So that was the theory they were going on at the time. Hmm. Okay. So an investigator named Jessica Colbank went to interview Sheila for the first time. And she thought that Sheila's uh, demeanor was suspicious. She told 2020 later that she was, quote, just complete blank on emotions and there was absolutely nothing. It was like iced over. Then she spoke with Rachel, the other best friend, uh, and she seemed extremely nervous. Plus, their stories were identical, which we all know from SVU is a bad sign. Right. Which means they were rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Um, after viewing surveillance video and cell phone records, uh, that proved that Sheila and Rachel were lying about what happened the night they last saw Skylar. Uh-oh. Uh, because they got into the car. They, the surveillance video showed her getting into the car at 1235, even though Sheila and Rachel said that uh, they had picked her up at 11 and dropped her off before midnight. So mm. there was already that like fishy element to it. So police told uh, Dave and Mary Niece, who, was, who were Skylar's parents, that um, Rachel and Sheila had a secret. So at this point, Dave and Mary Niece, classmates and even strangers, started to put pressure on Rachel and Sheila to tell the truth and tell what happened because they were obviously hiding something. Um, and actually, I read that the town was really divided on this. Like some people were like, leave oh, these wow. okay. kids alone, like stop harassing them on the Internet. And like people were, right. you know, losing their minds over it. And then other people were saying like, no, they know what happened. They need to tell their story. So it was all very divisive. Um, and then on December 28th, 2012, after she got back from a Catholic church camp, uh, Rachel had a nervous breakdown. She Uh-oh. was committed to a psychiatric hospital uh, where she had no contact with Sheila and was dis- discharged about a week later on January 3rd, 2013, which is when Rachel told her attorney and police that she and Sheila had stabbed Skylar <gasps> to death. What? And police were actually really shocked by this because that wasn't even a lead that they had been following. Like, they didn't think that the two of wow. them had actually murdered. It wasn't uh, even... They thought it was like an accident yeah, they that thought, they were afraid to admit to. Totally. They thought they were hiding something, but they didn't think that they had willingly stabbed her to death. Yeah, they were best friends. Right. So Rachel actually led the police to the site of the murder to find Skylar's body. Um she tried to talk to Sheila with a mic on, but mm-hmm. Sheila wouldn't incriminate herself. Ooh, okay. Sheila um, sounds like she's done this before. Yeah, Sheila's a, a trouble, troubled gal. <laughs> Instead, um, 
the discovery of Skylar's body, which they found, and the blood on Sheila's car, which turned out to be Skylar's blood, was enough evidence to arrest both of them. Oh, shit. So here's what happened, actually. Uh, so Skylar met Sheila at the age of eight, and they were best friends. Aww. Uh, Sheila became part of the family. Uh, Skylar's dad even said she was one of my children. Like, she spent so right. much time at our place. Um, they considered her part of the family. And then Sheila and Skylar met Rachel in high school, and they all became inseparable. So there were three of them. Um, they started having issues in their friendship. Uh, you know, Skylar was getting jealous that Sheila and um, Rachel were becoming so close and felt left out. And so there was... This... Oh, so she was being Janice Ian. Yes. So she... Right. So she felt, like, you. left out. So here are some of... Just to give you an idea, since we're in, you know, at this point, 2012, some of Skylar's tweets uh, two days before her murder included, it really doesn't take much to piss me off and, quote, sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. Love hanging out with you all, too. And that uh, the day before she was killed, uh, Skylar tweeted... You doing shit like this is why I can never completely trust you. Ooh. Then hours before she snuck out of her bedroom window um, on midnight of July 6, 2012, uh, she retweeted a friend who had posted, All I do is hope. And that was the last tweet she ever posted. Aww. So what happened was that night, Sheila and Rachel convinced Skylar to sneak out with them, even though they had been in a big fight. So um, Skylar had been upset with um rachel and sheila but they convinced her to come out with them anyway so after a series of texts and calls she decided to join them she got into sheila's car around twelve thirty a.m and they headed to a spot where they sometimes smoked weed together but what skylar didn't know is that sheila and rachel had been plotting her murder for months no in science class ew um so they left the house with uh knives paper towels, bleach, cleaning cloths, clean clothes, and a shovel. Um, they hid most of it in the trunk and hid the knives on their body, like in their, on their person. Wow. Um, once they were out of the vehicle and were going to smoke together, they told Skylar that they had forgotten to bring a lighter, so she volunteered to go back to the car for hers. Uh, the second she turned her back, um, Rachel and Sheila counted to three, and on three they began to stab her. <gasps> Uh, she attempted to run, but wasn't able to make it more than a few feet. Uh, Rachel tagged her. Rachel tackled her to the ground and continued with the assault. Skylar managed to wrestle her knife from her, cut her knee. Um, and Sheila continued to stab her until there was complete silence and quote, uh, niece's neck stopped making gurgling sounds. Holy. Oh my gosh. Holy crap. It turns out Skylar had died from over 50 stab wounds. Jesus. So afterwards, uh, Rachel, and Sky uh, Rachel and Sheila attempted to bury her body. They dragged her body to the side of the road along the creek, but the soil was too hard and rocky like they pl to for them to dig like they had right. planned. Um, so instead, they just covered her body with rocks and branches. Uh, then they went to the car to uh, change and clean up. And then they left the scene, uh, threw away their blood-soaked clothing, and went home. Uh, so the break... So at this point, police hadn't even considered that a possibility. Like, it was not even on their radar because the three of them were so close and all their parents said, no, no, they're best friends. Yeah. Um, so the break only came when Rachel admitted that she and Sheila had plotted uh, her murder. So then the police were like, holy shit, like, we got to look into this. Um, 
it was extra shocking to Skylar's family because Sheila, who had been her friend since age eight, was actually there help handing out missing persons flyers with the family and like alongside them while they were grieving and right. you know trying to help with her search. Um, one theory that I read, which is really interesting, is that uh, since you know Skylar and Sheila were friends from the age of eight. Uh, but their friendship had been strained when they met Rachel, which, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. having been a girl in high school myself, like, I understand right, how, right, like, right. three-person friendships can be really straining on one person. It can mm-hmm. be really hard. Um, and apparently it bothered Skylar that uh, Rachel and Sheila became so close, and allegedly she witnessed the two have sex at a sleepover. What? So then there's that aspect, um, and it's one of the theories is that the girls may have feared that their secret tryst would become public if uh, if Skylar, you know, ratted them, them out. Yeah, exactly. Whoa, that I did not see coming. Yeah, so that's one theory, because I didn't see it coming either, and I, I read it and I understood, like, because I know I've been in those relationships where it's like three girls in a friendship, and it's so hard because it's hard with three there's always someone who feels kind of left out um but so the whole relationship thing would make it even harder because Mm -hmm. well i have friends in high school how to go through that yeah where it was like a three girl group and then two of them started dating and then the other one was like what do i do (laughs) totally it's kind of like me you and allison oh it's like a group of three friends wow and then two of them start dating and it's like oh so what are you gonna do murder me i mean we're plotting it in science class no no (laughs) just on our own time okay let me know (laughs) if you ever decide if we ever decide that we need to get a lighter and you just run out to your car just double take just actually don't just don't stay put don't look don't look around if you ever ask me to go get high in the woods i'll probably (laughs) probably not join you wow you really just like you guys just stole each other from me i get it Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> we did that i plan to use this to my full advantage <laughs> I, well kidding. i'll let you i'll let you you found me a pretty girl so you can say whatever you want i'm the bride okay okay <laughs> anyway so that's just one of the theories that um supposedly she had said she had seen the two of them um having sex at a sleepover and again this is 20 how old were they at the sleepover 16 oh, yeah, that makes sense okay and um at the same it's sort of like uh it you know again this is 2012 um so like i i know that's only five years ago but even the concept of at least at my school and again i went to catholic school so it's probably different but like the concept of two same-sex people having sex was like not a thing when i was in high school because we were so like sheltered from all of that so i mean it must have been kind of jarring in 2012 for her to feel like oh my best friends are now suddenly in a relationship and i'm not a part of it maybe that i mean and who knows that's just a theory so i want that to be what happened though that they murdered her because they were well i mean they murdered her regardless i just want there to be a juicier drama beforehand yeah i guess um okay so what happens next okay so um the weird thing was I mean, there's a lot of weird things, but mm-hmm. one of the weird thing wa- weird things was that Sheila kept up appearances on social media throughout this. And really? guess, guess who found her Twitter account? Tell me. It's me. I found it. <gasps> Whoa. I read all her tweets. 
They're still there? They're still there. When was the last time she tweeted? 2013. Yowza. Mm-hmm. Ew. So here's what happened. I wrote down some of the juicier, or not juicy, but like more telling tweets. Hmm. Okay. So here we go. So her first tweet after Skylar's disappearance was on July 7, 2012, the day after uh, she killed Skylar. And it was a tweet wishing her friend a happy birthday. Uh, in the months that followed, uh, Sheila regularly tweeted about TV, school, hating homework, other typical teenage things. And here's some other ones. Uh, no one on this earth can handle me and Rachel. If you think you can, you're wrong. Hmm. Uh, after Rachel confessed, remember after her right, psychiatric right, right. incident, uh, Sheila still tweeted like everything was normal. She tweeted, staying home on Tuesday is the best because Law & Order SVU is on all day. Then here's some other ones that she tweeted that I went and found. Those were in an ABC article. These are the ones I found on my own. Just going through Twitter. Everyone complains about shitty shit that happens. And I'm like, LOL, try my life for a day. Okay. Yeah, that is telling. P.S. This is after she murdered her friend. Right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> this is you'll appreciate this so sheila tweets getting mascara in my eyeshadow totally ruins my day <laughs> then i hit <laughs> i clicked on the tweet and read the responses we got one that says you know what else ruins your day when your best friend kills you yeah and then another person tweeted i heard getting stabbed sucks too yeah that's a great point. There are a ton of tweets because people went back and started like... Everyone's just trolling her at this point. Right, exactly. Um, and then another... Right after that, she tweeted, I think one of the hardest decisions a girl has to make is what thongs to get at Victoria's Secret when you can only get five for $26. And this was after she stabbed her best friend 50 times. That right, she'd known right. since she was eight years old. So on the morning of March 13th, 2013, the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, publicly announced that they found the remains of Skylar niece in uh, a wooded area in brave Pennsylvania. Uh, and then uh, this is what Sheila tweeted. Rest easy, Skylar. You'll always be my best friend. I miss you more than you could ever know. And then included a collage of the two of them, like Jesus Christ, different photos of the two of them. So I, maybe I just, I'm jumping ahead, but does she ever have any remorse or show any remorse oh no she's an absolute sociopath oh okay good okay a hundred percent uh i mean just even reading like oh my mascara got on my eyeshadow like six days after she i know but i i mean i can think about it and like the level of she's trying to save herself with a cover but do you think she really meant it like do you think it was a cover or do you think she really just was thinking about her eye brew her goop i really think that she was thinking about her eyeshadow yeah or whatever because there are hundreds of i mean i had to scroll for 10 minutes to even get down to yeah two months of text it was and when the investigator said oh i went talk to her and she was just like no emotion just like cold weird and had her story ready and wasn't even reacting and the fact that um she just claimed, like, I don't know. I just dropped her off at the end of the road. Who? What could have happened to my best, best friend yeah. in the whole world? Yeah, okay, right. And She's then Looney Tunes. the friend Rachel is the one who had the breakdown and said, like, we did it. Like, you know. Okay, so Rachel's less Looney Tunes. So I think Rachel was the non-sociopath who got roped into it and, like, enamored with uh, Sheila. And, right, right, right. You know, I mean, at least that's what I see from this whole situation. Love makes you crazy. Yeah, apparently... 
Uh, so during her confession in 2013, in January of 2013, Rachel uh, told authorities that she and Sheila had planned uh, the, her murder, planned Skylar's murder in science class. The plan was to pick Skylar up from her house at night, drive to a remote area to smoke marijuana. Once they were in the woods, they would count to three and then stab her to death. About a month before Sheila was arrested, she tweeted, we really did go on three. Wow. No, before. Before she was even arrested. Whoa. It's like she was like taunting. Like, like she was like desperate to like outcry to someone. Something. She just goes, we really did go on three. That's eerie. It's creepy. Uh, so Rachel pled guilty to second degree murder on May 1st, 2013, and she was remanded and sentenced to 10 to 30 years in prison. She was indicted by a grand jury on September 6, 2013, with one count of kidnapping. Oh, no, sorry. This was Sheila. So Sheila was indicted by a grand jury on Z September 6, 2013, with one count of kidnapping, one count of first-degree murder, and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. She pled not guilty to all of the charges, uh, but she later pled guilty to first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 15 years. When investigators asked why they killed Skylar, Rachel's answer was, we just didn't like her. Oh, wow. Um, so because the Amber Alert wasn't issued uh, when Skylar went missing, because she didn't meet the four-step criteria of the Amber Alert, uh, Skylar's death led to Skylar's Law, which modified West Virginia's Amber, Amber Alert plan to issue immediate public announcements when any child is reported missing and in danger, regardless of whether the child is believed to have been kidnapped. Wow. That's good. Yeah. So it wasn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you were believed to be kidnapped. It's just if you're, if a child is missing and in danger, the mm -hmm. Amber Alert is issued and it's called Skylar's law. Um, and to honor their daughter, uh, her parents, Skylar's parents transformed the site of her murder into a memorial. And her father often makes a 20 mile drive to pay his respects. Uh, and his final quote um, in an ABC article I read was something horrible happened here. But I wanted to take the horrible thing that happened here and try to turn it into something good, a place that people can come and remember Skylar and remember the good little girl that she was and not the little beast that they treated her like. Oh. Very good sad. Dad. Very sad. And she was an only child, so it was her only Aww. daughter. That's somehow even worse. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just really twisted. And I think the girl, Sheila, cuckoo. I mean, yeah. You don't just say, I don't like that girl. We didn't really like her. She annoyed us. Yeah, it's like then you go in another room. And she had no remorse. And the other girl had like an actual mental break. And Right, she probably at least had morals totally even if they were buried all the way down there yeah and like i said i read through the tweets and after so i looked at the dates that like the mm -hmm. news articles were telling me and after um rachel had confessed to the police sheila posted something sheila tweeted something like oh you're such a pathological liar like you know how uh, teenagers on social media post like passive aggressive posts that are meant to be for somebody but they don't say who it's meant for uh -huh. or like emotional lyrics i mean i was i was a teenager one time were you only once me too wow what a coincidence yeah not everyone does that no uh but yeah so she posted something like how like megan as yeah, <laughs> megan <laughs> you know who you are megan. megan she posted something like uh 
as always, you're a pathological liar. Like you can never change your ways or whatever. After Rachel had confessed. confessed. Yeah. And shown where the body was. I would be afraid if I were Rachel, I'd be like, you know what? Now that I confess, maybe she'll kill me too. I'd be scared. I'm sure she would have if they hadn't arrested her immediately. Wow. So anyway. So what's it like to go, because I haven't done it and I know it would mess me up, but to go look at someone's tweets and see like pictures of the people you're reporting about, like, because it's so, the reason I can get through it is because it's so far removed for me. Totally. Like you're literally looking at someone's personal Twitter with their personal pictures. I didn't expect her Twitter to still be up and I found it and every single tweet. And it's interesting because you go through the tweets and any tweet you click on in the last, that she had posted in the last couple of years, you see that. And it's like, that's a, a remainder of somebody who will never. It's weird how the day before she died, she tweeted, stress will be the death of me. God damn it. It's like actually your friends in 24 hours. God. It's just awful because you know these girls are going through so much like emotional struggle and it's high school and you're going through hormones and like shitty friendships and shitty relationships and like you never get to get past that yeah like you never get the chance to find good friends like real friends i mean if you're friends with someone since you're eight years old it's just very sad it's very like sobering almost you know yeah i'm like bummed out it's very it's a big bummer there's something about social media that makes it all very much more Real. Real, exactly. Because like, you can immediately just jump into where their life yeah. stopped. You're like one degree away all of a sudden. Yeah. Um. So it's just very... It's like, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but like if someone that I know passes away or someone someone I know through a friend or like if one of my friends, friends, um, friends or something like that passes away and you... All of a sudden you can see their whole life. Access to their Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... You see what happened the day before or like you can look. It's just weird because like it's almost like there's I mean, it literally is a moment captured in time where you can be like they had no idea 10 hours later. Absolutely. It's like it makes you realize that you really have no idea 10 hours. Absolutely. From now. You get like a really personal glimpse. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking. So, yeah. Jesus. So that's that. Um, it's very sad. It's very fucked up. It's why I drink. Um, it's why I drink now. I know. Uh, but yeah, so it's really good that the um, Skylar's Law was uh, created to alter the Amber Alert. So any child who's in danger oh, yeah. gets a public alert. I mean, if there's a silver lining that came out of it, then totally. there it is. Totally. So yeah, so that's that's that. Um, very dark, very sad. Uh, teenagers suck. Teenagers suck. That's the moral of this episode. Yeah. What do we say now? We say, um, be careful. Watch your kids. Uh, listen to them if they have uh, emotional issues. Uh-huh. They're real. They're real. Even if they seem exaggerated. Yes. And um, I have exaggerated issues that are real. Yeah. So We all do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. And... Um, you have exaggerated issues that are real. You have real issues that are exaggerated. <laughs> sometimes you have issues at all. Sometimes you have none at all. What? What? What was the last thing you said? I don't know. I was thinking about my milkshake and how mad it's empty. So I was just kind of talking. You made like a... I believe it. It sounds like something I would do. Anyway, guys. Sorry I brought it down. Listen, I was going to tell the other story that everybody kept telling me to do. The one that I said I wasn't going to do. That would have been a real bummer. I wasn't ready for it yet. 
Is it coming? I think so. <clears throat> the murder I'm talking about was the death of Sylvia Likens. Mm-hmm. And it's a very upsetting story. And a lot of people have said, I asked in one episode, should I do this or not? And a lot of people have messaged me and said, you should do it because it's worth talking about as much as it's just twisted and dark and upsetting. Right, right, right. So I think I'm going to cover it. Okay. I'm going to try. Okay. Prepare yourselves. Okay. I will give you all a warning beforehand. Luckily, Gio is a therapy dog. Thank God. We can... We'll just prop him up next to us during this episode. If anyone needs him to be mailed to them personally. Don't. I'll, I'll have to come with him. Yeah. Okay. And will fly herself to wherever you are. <clears throat> exactly. So, yeah. So I probably do the death of Sylvia Likens at some point. Um, it is very dark. It's very upsetting. Uh, and obviously, now that I've just made everyone re- feel really shitty, I'm going to look up Gio's horoscope. Thank God. <laughs> Gio, are you ready? ready to learn about your future buddy he gives zero shits about this i hope you tell him that he's gonna be so handsome he's gonna keep going let's see i'm ready got a geo horoscope okay let's hear it daily horoscope for geo for scorpios baby baby so sweet you can come out now it's finally safe it is geo that means whatever you've been trying to forget about will finally become no more than a distant memory gee in the meantime, you can do yourself a tremendous favor by simply letting go of the anger and resentment you've been feeling. Let go. Feel love, Gio. And what finer way to do just that than by taking yourself out for a ride? <gasps> Gio, a ride. A nice, long one. To the home of someone who appreciates you. Like my house. Gee, let's go. He's looking at you like, what is happening? Help. Do you want to go on a ride with me to my home? Look how he's falling asleep. Oh, he feels safe. <laughs> so that's that. Gio needs to take himself on a ride. I'll, t- I'll go on a ride with him. All right, take him away. Baby G, so good, my good boy. Stinky, stinky boy. Christine, he's so handsome. He's such a babe. Ah, he gets his looks from me. Uh, yeah, I can't deny that. I know. So that's that, folks. We just released our august listeners episode we did so our september one is coming out soon so you can email us at and that's why we drink at gmail.com you sure can <laughs> and you can find us at our website and that's why we drink.com you can find uh shirts to pre-order and totes and wine glasses yeah baby. At, and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com you can find us on facebook on instagram on twitter at atwwd podcast uh you can also find us on Audio Boom. Yeah, you can. And as far as our merch goes, um, we have some pre-order items up. And a lot of people have expressed interest in those. But I do want you guys to know we are, like, making them better. So we are making them better. For example, the tote bags were still working. Like, as the photos are on there, but we're still adding, like, the logo to the back. And we're putting some more stuff on there. So the products you'll actually, since you're pre-ordering them, the products you'll get are going to be better and the best possible version of whatever you order. Yes. And all we care about is you guys. Oh, that's a nice way to end this. I've listen, I'm I've been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking some sheriff wine. So how do we do this now? Do we just do this the way we did it last week where it just worked out all on its own? Or are we trying what we've been trying forever? Sure. I mean the thing is I like really sad to leave this episode, so I don't want to say bye yet, but oh. we have to. Oh. 
Okay. Right. I mean, I don't care, but it's your editing in the future that will matter. I know. Okay. We should say you in the future right now is like, no, go get out. Me in the future is smashing my fist into the computer (laughs) (laughs) and it's all your fault. So we love you guys. And that's why we drink. (laughs) Here, I'll cheers myself. I'll get my bottle from the floor. Sorry that I just made you spill milkshake all over the place. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.